self-care. Soul care. Book care. It's time to celebrate life. Hello, good people. And welcome back to another episode of Books and Bubbles. Yes. I'm Brianna. And I'm Brittany. Here at Books and Bubbles, we read and review books by black and brown authors. And then we also pop a little bubbly. And all of our winemakers are also black and brown. So we're here to support the black and brown people of the world. Yes, Lord. So... Welcome back to our December episode. This is the last one of the year. Oh my goodness. How do we make it? I don't know. So I think we've been officially podcasting for like six months, seven months. A whole year. And we're going to talk about that in the recap episode because we're going to break down these dates. Okay. Well, look at God. But we are here and it is soon to be Christmas. And I'm very excited to talk a little bit about the royal holiday. The royal holiday. Okay. I was going for to all go y'all it. people who okay. know the song "Thug Holiday" by right. Trick Daddy Dollars or the original Michael Sterling, South okay. Florida native. Nobody knows that on a holiday. So, just I'm remixing that today. Okay, and this is the Royal Holiday, not the Thug <sighs> Holiday. Okay, we should all play that for Christmas. Okay, the song was deep, <laughs> and I want to give that to Trick, but I'll he did to, his best with that. Let's connect it to Christmas. Oh, look, it doesn't. Yeah, I guess not. Okay. <laughs> Let's not do that. I guess it's okay. really not Christmas related. But uh, Trick did his best. Listen to Thug Holiday and Ann Support. Okay. I think we should get into um, anything. All right. Let's do it, y'all. So we're going to hop in. You know, we have to start every episode off with our self-care, soul care, and book care tips. Yes. Brittany's going to do that this week. Ooh, look at me. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, so our self-care tip of this episode is get you a facial. Yes, facials. Facials, the average woman doesn't really engage in them. And I feel like especially in black and brown communities, they're like the last thing we do. We might get our nails, feet, hair, but we don't really facial. Yeah. So I will admit my first facials were definitely not until my 30s. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had an official facial. Um, I haven't. I also think that people who don't really struggle with skin issues usually don't participate in facials like they should because they probably feel like, oh, I don't. But it's rejuvenating. Mm -hmm. There are always things you can do with your skin. Um, So it doesn't necessarily have to be this issue where you're doing it to help with acne control. It's a relaxing um, thing to do. Yeah. And you should definitely get a facial if you've never had one. Definitely. So they says anti-aging, relaxing, rejuvenating. It cleans out the toxins in your skin, um, reduces blemishes, and it just promotes healthy skin, like Brianna's saying. And there are different types. So when you actually go for a facial, which is probably one of my favorite things now, um, they'll ask you about like any skin issues. So it could be dry skin, oily skin, blemish-prone skin, um, anything you're having and then your treatment will reflect that practice if you just want like a deep clean. So all those things connect to why people get different facials. So if you've never facialed, facial. If you can't yes. remember the last time you facialed, facial. All right. And they're usually much more reasonable than like massages yeah. and other things. So for sure you can put it in your budget one month. And if you got a good beauty school in your neighborhood, yep. don't sleep on the students now. Mm-hmm. So they get a facial if you never had one. It's a very, very relaxing, enjoyable experience. All right. So our soul care 
All right, we know we are going into a new year, January 2022, and it is time for you to write down your visions. I am not talking about resolutions. Resolutions are these very short things that we often throw to the side by the end of January. But realistically, it is important to self-audit yearly. So if you are in a company, in a business, you will be working on your audit. You'll be doing your fiscal year. You will be discussing all these different things, usually around July of what the business is doing, what we spent last year, how do we match productive productivity and increase it. It's insane. It's important to do those same things in our personal lives. A lot mm-hmm. of times we'll just go with the flow, go to work, family, all those things. And you look up and time is passing. You're like, how did I not accomplish anything? Because you're not being intentional about what your vision, what your goals are. How do I reach that? And you need to write that down and put it somewhere and then have somebody that helps you be accountable. So I know I'm one of those people. Don't tell me this to go because once this is to go, I'm going to bring it up to you. You might get mad, but I'm going to bring it up. So that's our soul care. Yes, for sure. So this is a great time to do it. I know we always wait till January or December to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really do this at any point, but yeah. absolutely you should be participating in this um, auditing. And then you can really audit. Say if you had a vision board or resolutions last year, audit those things. Did you do anything to work towards those things that That's you real. said out loud the end of 2020? So for sure, audit those things. If you have to put them back on your list to be a lot more um, intentional about doing them this year, then do that. And this is the perfect time to do that. Yeah. And I know some people incorporate their faith practice with it. So for me, I add like scriptures to mine and that helps me be accountable and like see like from a spiritual perspective. So sometimes adding like spiritual elements to your um, vision boards or different things like that is really productive. And I, there's so many creative ways to do it. I did like a chalkboard. Some people cut out stuff. Mm -hmm. Some people just literally like dope out their planner for the whole year. So do what works for you. Some people are digital. There's not one way to do it. I know I can't collage and cut out stuff. I'll be there all day. I kind of like the poster, but I'm leaning more towards like a digital one that I can pull up. Um, I feel like you can create something super cute in Canva or like PowerPoint, something like that, where you can just have something on your phone. But I, I in the past have done like the small poster with just like words, things to remind me of things that I want to do. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do this year. Yeah. So think about that over these good holidays. Yes. Find somebody to do it with you. And our last one is book care. So we are at the end of the year and we're going to go back and we're going to go love on an old book. So we all have like our favorite books that inspired us, motivated us. We're just obsessed with the story. Whatever that is, go back and run through that book again. Listen to it. Traditionally read it however you do. And when you read it, go ahead and then share it with somebody and spread the love. So we are loving on our old books and then we are passing them on and sharing the love. And that's our book care. Yep. That reminds me. Has anybody seen you on Netflix? How Joe used to restore the old books? No. The Psycho? Uh-huh. Have you never okay. seen you? Oh, oh, I know about it. It's too weird. I feel it's like they try to, very weird. I feel they like try to we sympathize very, with yeah, a we, Psycho and I can't. He had a bad childhood. It's all very sad. It's very sad. But if you've watched you, you know that Joe restores those books. So that reminded me of Joe. I don't know how I feel about the connection. (laughs) I don't. I might want to take away the book care of the day. It's really, honestly, if you've never seen you, this last spoiler alert, this last season threw me for a loop. So he ends up having a baby with the other psycho girl. Were you going to watch it at some point? No, I could already tell by the previews that there was a child involved, which makes me sad. But they end up giving the child away. They should. Because... He kills the mom. She tries to kill him first. 
and he goes to Paris to try to pretty much stalk this other girl. I'm like, God, it's good that the baby got taken away, but then it's kind of sad. Like, how could you leave your baby? No, no, no. It's God's will. Thanks. Yeah, I okay. guess it was for the best. So we might as well hop into this. Jump on in. Into this royal holiday. So before we get started. You already know what time it is. It's bubbly time. Bubbles, bubbles. So if you remember from last week, we are diving into the Mason Noir line. Now, I will correct myself. Last week, I said that we were going to try to do the My Noir. Um, but instead, we're doing OPP. That is yeah, because... Yeah, you know me. Yes. OPP was available at Total Wine. Y'all, I just didn't feel like going through the whole shipping thing. It's my fault. I was being lazy. But we're still doing a Mason Noir wine. So the OPP wine, I was the only one that I was able to find at um, Total Wine. I don't know if you, in your Total Wine they have other Mason Noir um, wines, but this is the only one they had here. So the OPP stands for Other People's Pinot Noir. Mm. Yes. So this is a 2020 Other People's Pinot is a classic organ Pinot, earmark Willamette Valley. So he has multiple vineyards that he, um, I guess, grows. And so this is at the Willamette Valley location. It is accessible, a great value, and stays true to the character of the vineyards from which it was born. Earthy, spicy, floral, herb frame flavors of cherry with gingery wood spice tones. So we have started, it is definitely earthy and spicy. Maybe it's a whole kick in the mouth. You hear what I say? So. It's not your yes. mama's wine. This your daddy's wine. So I think this is like the first red that we've done. No, we no, did, we did the Snoop. Snoop. The Snoop was a red. But this is a little. This, this is on little, another level. This is a little this smoky. Is, this is grown up wine. This grown girl. This is not sweet, sweet. That she was like, oh girl, I'm going to pick up. No, no. This is grown. You this might grown man need a. A porterhouse steak and a cigar. Thank you. Okay. See, now this Mason Noir, we talked about it a little bit, but I'll bring it up again because um, just in case anybody didn't hear, this is by, this line is by Andre Mac Houston. His last name is spelled H-U-E-S-T-O-N. So I am assuming it's Houston, whether or not I'm doing that correctly, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so he's a sommelier. Come on, black and sommelier. Yes, yeah, so he started this line, Mason Noir. And so this is kind of their backstory. So this is a two-fold lifestyle project. They do T-shirts and wines. Why not? So, yeah. Because um, those things always go well together. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, again, founded by sommelier Andre Houston Mack in 2007. On um, both ends of the Mason Noir incorporate a trademark attitude and personal perspective on wine subculture. The wines are unique and distinctive garage wines. Initially created for some of New York's best restaurants for whom Mac was a sommelier and now available nationwide. Mason Noir apparel is inspired by wine style lifestyle, street culture of the punk and hip hop scenes, while reminiscent of independent skateboard company apparel of the 90s. So... He just does a little bit of everything. He said you're not going to limit him. Dazzle. He is going to do shirts and wine and you will support it. So thank you, Andre. Appreciate you. 
Um, so, you guys, I'm still very new in my wine, <laughs> in my wine journey. This is a lot for me. Yeah, it's it's a very heavy day drink, I would say. It's, it definitely gives you an <laughs> evening vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And Brianna is a true white wine drinker. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't fool red a lot, this is... I want to jump out with this. However, if you are yeah. a r- red lover, stunt. And if you're feeling like, mm, I don't want any hard liquor, but I want a little, ah, ah, then this is it. Yeah. So you're getting every bit of this earth spice. Okay. She's uh, do spelling I, it. Do she I smell know. cherry? <laughs> Dare I say. She doesn't know what she's. I feel like I do smell a little bit of this cherry. Definitely wood spice. So you're getting a little bit of everything that he expresses on the site. So yeah. it's like drinking for glow. sure. Um, support Andre. This was like twenty one or two dollars. I don't know. Something very reasonable. Under yeah. twenty five. So support we haven't brought Andre the bank yet in our wine. So yes, we're down with everybody Andre. who so makes it was, feasible. This was good. Definitely can be something to do for Christmas. You can do this, like Brittany yeah. said, with Christmas dinner. This is definitely like an evening mm-hmm. nightcap type wine. Whole situation ship. Yeah. So let's get into Jasmine. Miss Gilroy. Fun fact. I used to want that to be my name. Okay. When I was a child and before I appreciated who I am. Brianna. <laughs> but I used to really like the name Jasmine. Okay. We got a cousin named Jasmine. So shout we out do. to Jasmine. What okay. up? All right. Are we ready? We're ready. So this was cute. It was definitely a cute holiday story. Yeah. I think it gives you all things Christmas, New Year's. Doesn't it feel like Christmas? Okay. Now we in Destiny's Child. (laughs) Um, Not super deep, but like a light, fun read. Very light. Not deep at all. She does not delve. (laughs) Okay. Very surface. Okay. Give her respect. It's for romance. It's very romance. I will say, I want to give you all a little backstory. So in this book, um, the daughter, Maddie, is a fashion stylist and she references like styling the Duke and Duchess, more specifically the Duchess. Um, And the main character, Vivian Forrest, is actually from the Bay Area, Cali. And so this book is actually loosely based on the story of Queen Elizabeth inviting the then Duchess Meghan Markle and her mom to spend Christmas. Well, Meghan Markle's mom to spend Christmas with the Royals. Um, now, that's a little funny after we've all watched this Oprah interview and we all given everybody in England a side eye. But at the time, um, it was a very big deal that Meghan Markle's mother, who is obviously black with her natural twist and her nose ring that we are obsessed with, <laughs> um, came to spend time with the Royals for the holiday. And of course, you already know England had all of the backlash. Nonetheless, um, our sister Jasmine writes this story and you can't help but thinking about Meghan Markle as you're reading this because she's like, you know, you can tell she's very excited to have them there. And it's really our touch of color in a very white space. So, yes. Yes. So Jasmine starts in and we meet Vivian and what's the daughter name? Maddie. Maddie. Um, and Maddie is a stylist. And Maddie she, doing big things. Yes. Maddie's 34 styling for Meghan Markle, essentially. Yes, the Duchess. So she goes and she basically invites the mom for this little getaway and to spend Christmas with her while she's in England. Um, and this is how the story kind of unfolds. So yeah. a lot. We're introduced to Vivian. She seems like a... Um, 
I don't know if they give a good description of her, but she definitely gives me like she's in her fifties. They do mm-hmm. say that. Um, black woman, clearly, and she's kind of like quirky, cute, um, very kind of. She's a social worker, so you know the personality of a social worker from the ones that I interact with. They're usually very compassionate. Mm-hmm. They're usually great listeners. Um, they have a way of kind of knowing what to do and being in tune with other people's feelings and um, thoughts. So I kind of get all that from Vivian. She's yeah. very, she's very definitely motherly. the responsible one. She talks mm-hmm. about like needing to be there for her family. Her sister had battled cancer, is now in remission, and she seems to have been like her caretaker. She's really concerned about the sisters. She's like, I'm fine. We're in remission. Yeah. Live your life. Um, and so a lot of Vivian's decisions seems to be based off like her family, her daughter. She was a single mom. Um, it, I guess the age demographic kind of reminds me of like me and Brianna and our mom, like we're in our 30s. Mm-hmm. Mom is in like her mid to late 50s. Um, and so th- those dynamics are playing out where your daughter is an adult, but you're still like the mom. And that's kind of the vibe I get from Vivian. Um, but yeah, to Brandon's point, social worker definitely doesn't have the easiest job, but she loves her job. She's very passionate she about it. She loves it. She loves it. And we'll talk about it later, but to the point where she has an opportunity to do something different and is not interested because she's yeah. so... She's kind of like, yeah, I really want to interact with these people on a day-to-day. I was like, okay, yes, baby. Girl, thank you. Live your life <laughs> in your calling because, ma'am. <laughs> so that's you part of the extended conversation. Thank you. Okay, so Vivian and Maddie get to London. Maddie kind of has to like, be like, mom, I bought the ticket, so you just had this bad patent in two days. Yeah. Um, And so they first go to like the cottage, the royal cottage. Um, and I hate it. <laughs> don't do it no more. Also, first of all, I don't know if I want to comment at the end or now, but the narrator tried to go back and forth between this British accent and the English one. I also hated it. <laughs> she wasn't great, but I feel like she kind of did good because the only reason I think she might've been authentic is because she did a good Nigerian woman when it was in a restaurant. She did good with Nigerian. And then when Miles came in, she switched her voice. So I said, ooh, she's making distinctions between the British accents. I hope so, Britt. <laughs> that was the point. <laughs> Why are you but proud you know, of her for doing that? Because a lot of people make all the Brits sound alike. Like, all Americans oh, don't sound oh, alike. Okay. So I was happy. Sure. I was like, ooh, Miles' voice, like, not his voice itself, but, like, the way he was speaking. And then what was the cook name? Was it Julia? Or did I make her Julia oh, Roberts in my head? And she sounded different. She sounded real Mary Poppins-esque when she was making them scones, the scones for everybody. Which made me feel like, are our scones fake in America? Yeah, I'm Nonetheless, sure they're not as good. Let's lean into this story. So they get there. She's like introduced around this cottage. She wakes mm-hmm. up. She had me laughing because she was like, well, let me make sure I put my bra on before I go down to Thank breakfast. Baby. Be together, baby. This is not your house. Thank you should you. never had a thought to, not, to walk down without Thank your bra you. on. I get also I'm not a woman who really does no no bra in public because my breasts don't really sit up like they should <laughs> so the fact that I was in a thought to her made me feel like because mm-hmm. Vivian you are you at might least, have some perkies yeah Vivian you 55 though thank you and they no, might be a little long okay baby. you don't live your life <laughs> put on that bra so Vivian is kind of is it the first day second day nonetheless whatever day it is she sees Malcolm and I don't know if he's leaning on the wall but baby, she pauses, and I'm thinking, did Vivian see a roach? Because she completely freezes. Y'all, Malcolm must be old man fine. Okay, because even Idris. Maddie say, is this your Idris? Right, because even Maddie like, mm, okay, <laughs> mama, if I ain't have a man, I was like, well, how fine is Malcolm? <laughs> Malcolm fine, fine. And you know, we simple, baby, with a little accent. Thank That's you. all it needs. Thank you. 
sounds sophisticated. Right. So they immediately hit it off. I guess we can just go through the trajectory of their relationship. Mm -hmm. He takes her horseback riding. Baby, she was not down with them horses. She was afraid to give him the sugar cube. She was like, this is a whole animal. I would have been scared too. Now, horses do a lot. They they real skittish and they sent spirits like most animals. (laughs) And when you're not calm, they're not calm. So I told the fear her. I went horseback riding once. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. I told God if I got off, I was fine. This is what I'm saying. They do what they want. There is no control. No, you got to be strong. And you got to act way too strong with them. That's what I'm saying. And talking about, remember, at the end of the day, he's an animal. You got to take control. Sir, I shouldn't be on nothing I got to act up with. Never again. Why do you have me on here? Never again. They turn on their real owners, bucking people off their backs. See? Was it Christopher Reeves? Remember Superman? Right off the horse. Yeah, see? That's how I feel about snakes. I've seen way too many snakes turn on the owner. Snakes aren't meant to be. What was the girl who just did the music video and that snake bit her dead in the face? I had never heard of her before. Yeah. I was like, oh, she must be a Low budget, low low budget, low budget. Okay, anyway, so they go horseback riding. Why does she wind up meeting the queen on this horseback riding? The queen, like, commends her on her posture. She's like, yeah, I took dance for eight years. I was like, girl, in elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Let me live. So they had just a great time. There's an immediate sparking connection. Mm-hmm. Clearly the big elephant in the room is what do we do with all these miles in between us? Vivian was ready to give it up. She was like, oh, I thought, you know, so Malcolm convinces her to stay. Yeah. Um, at first she was going to renege, but then Maddie's like, mom, you need this. I'll take care of the family. Thank you. Stay. So Maddie leaves on the 28th. Um, you know, Vivian winds up staying through the new year. With Malcolm, they tour the city. He shows her the the crown jewels, the tiara. So he's really listening and very intentional about her. They have great sex and chemistry. Girl. Several times. Was I ready for this 15 up I wasn't. I wasn't. I support the elderly sex, but <laughs> it's Jasmine, a lot. Jasmine kindly reminded us, and I think this is why this is a narrative that needs to be told, is that you don't stop living at their certain age because we do super... Like, in all honesty, we don't respect love stories after our 20s. Even in traditional Hollywood, most love stories, they tap out by 29. Yes, which is why I'm liking the Sex and the City reboot. They very much look their age. And they're still enjoying (laughs) I don't want to be mental, but I'm just like, man. I was like, did they try? Cynthia didn't. She aged. But I think she's the only one. I don't know if Sarah Jessica Parker got work done. She Charlotte definitely did. And I mean, I'm glad she didn't get work done, Cynthia. But she very much looks every bit. But what bit. happened to her hair? It's just gray. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like a blend. It's just no. like. And it's like a blah. Like, it's girl, not even like silver. a cute. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, why they add a little highlight in that? Okay, nonetheless, we're going to lean back in. Yeah, so I said that to say that is another another kind of um, film or show or whatever that's showing the sex lives and love life of older women. Because, like Brittany said, it doesn't stop. You That story has to be told. I don't know what percent of the population is over 50, but it's a good amount. A so good amount. for... Us to not be telling these stories is kind of which is so ridiculous. crazy because if we think about all the rappers we grew up with, who's who's not fifty? Snoop, Jay Z, Jay Z, DMX passed right after his fiftieth. Method Dre. Man is fifty. Doctor Dre mm-hmm. is y'all rule fifty yet? I don't know. I don't think so. You might be late forties, yeah. but it's like this whole club of like people in their fifties. So I'm so in all honesty, most of the Hollywood that we knew as children 
are 50. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting how we like completely cut people off. It's like, yeah, dead. I think because we think about our parents and then it's weird. Yeah. Good point. Dear God, <laughs> I need a drink now. I think that's why you start to correlate it with like older people that, you know, you'd be like, oh, my God, I never want to think about them in that space. Yeah. So in that way, I get it. But because yeah. we sure, talking about yeah. Vivian looking at it, I was like, Mm-mm, and touching it. it. First of all, why do Jasmine want to use the word cock? <laughs> I was you. like, ma'am, <laughs> this is for the white porno. This is not for the black woman. I was I so confused. And then but I was like, multiple times. Oh, God. Oh, Jasmine. Jazzy. Well, I this is our first book by Jasmine Gilroy, but for people that have read her novels, they said this is probably one of her most PG. I figured there weren't that many sex scenes. But then I think, too, does that speak to the demographic of the characters? And does she give them a, do them a disservice by kind of like, you know, minimizing their sexuality? I don't because know. Are everybody else was popping and popping and popping it back to back? I don't know. I don't think so. Every time I looked up, he was climbing on her. But that's what I'm saying. She told us that. <laughs> what do you want? I don't know. Because <laughs> I really didn't want to hit more detail from Vivi. I thought it was well done. But yeah, if you normally sure. got everybody flipping up and down. I guess I need to read another book. Yeah. And then really, I can give some yeah. critique. I don't know. I don't know how much detail she I'm just going by personal story. what I've been told and personal anecdotes of others. Okay, so we get into this. We have some conflict with, like, they have some minor conflicts. So Yeah, Malcolm and the nephew. Malcolm and Miles, and Miles wants to go to art school, which is so ironic that Malcolm is so pissed. I'm like, you put him on art, though. But Oxford, I get what he's saying. Like, no, just yeah. go, have the, have the degree or whatever, and then do what you want. But, but then if you're truly trying to do art, what is I don't see I don't know the diversity of Oxford's programming I, mean, I, I only know, know it from research I thought it was kind of dope he's like I got a scholarship though I was like you can't really argue and the boy going for free so yeah. um that was interesting I thought the sister was absolutely ridiculous though for getting mad at him like you showed him art and now he won I'm like girl sit down stop <laughs> I mean I gotta stop. get it you be like well you the one teaching him the pain and carry on and now look he don't want to go to the good school I would have impressed him okay there's nobody else to be angry at so well, Maddie seemed to be together. We like Maddie, her man. So there was no drama on Vivian's side. Yeah. I think Vivian, too, showed us that she was really good at conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. He's like, how did you get him to, like, not talk? She was like, I'm used to surly teenage boys from the yes. hospital. So she was like, come come on, get this breakfast. And he wanted to be brewed and couldn't. So he just came and sat down and ate. Yeah. like, come on, Miles. Which also on. shows that she just really loves and is great at her job. Mm-hmm. So that so definitely spoke to it. Yeah. And I think... I guess just getting to the crux of the story is what is going to happen with them. So they get to this end and everybody is sick. It's time to go to the airport. Nobody wants to go. They don't really talk about it. He kind of poses like this thing like, oh, we can still like hook up periodically and meet. She was like, am I going to be your long distance booty call? She's like, yeah, no. And then a part of her says no, too, because she knows she's like kind of already sliding a catching real feelings and she was like yeah mm-hmm. that's not gonna work out mm-hmm. so um they start I, what makes them start exchanging postcards he sent the first one and she read it and then she sent one back and yeah then, then they have like this whole forward, postcard love yeah. and they get so excited like yeah. ooh, is there one in the mail i can't look till i go in they the house get, like, <laughs> multiple ones a week so they were sending them probably and they daily. had like stacks that they would pick up from around their various cities yep. and send to each other and so one of the big questions shows up. So Vivian's conflict is really her job. 
She started as acting director. She pretty much hated. She hates it. She's in meetings all day. I don't know. I kind of feel like this because I'm a teacher, but part of my new job is like doing things like departmental. I detest the meeting part. The only part of my job I like is when I'm with the kids, but Mm. that's not where the bag is. So I feel Vivian, like there's something personal and like powerful that comes in connecting with people. But unfortunately you don't get paid for the paperwork. Yeah. And that's the part that's really hard. Because there was a pay increase with the director position, which she was very, you know, mentioned a couple of times. So I could tell she was excited about that part. Mm-hmm. But overall, she didn't like it because yeah. she really didn't have any interaction with the people that she served. Yeah. So. And then Malcolm poses this big question because at first he's afraid to bring it up. Like I should have already asked her about this job because she's always super excited. But like her energy completely like shifts down when you talk about this job. He's yeah. like, are you, do you really want this job? And are you doing what makes you happy? What makes you happy or whatever? And so she's kind of like, he don't know me. And she like, what's it going to walk? So they both get pissed when the other one like checks each other. But I think this conversation of like work-life balance. Yeah, I'm getting paid more, but I don't get to enjoy. I don't mm-hmm. get to go to museums. I don't get to travel with my daughter. She'll start her own family soon. Then what? Um, Money over like freedom and happiness because when she started actually like doing her finances, she was like, "I'm really just working to be like more available to everybody else." Mm-hmm. But she was like, "I can retire and be happy." But it's just more like, "Oh, if my family calls me, can I afford to get them this?" She was like, "Matt yeah. is good," so she was like, "I'm working more for who?" And so this big question, you know, kind of poses itself like, "Who are we working for?" I don't know. What do you think about that in like real life? I guess. I mean, I totally agree. I think that you have to be happy in the role that you wake up and go to. Because here in America, we work Monday through Friday. Ridiculous. For eight to ten hours a day. No break. Yeah. So it's like you have to wake up and be able to be happy in whatever you're doing. And an average American is usually working more than one job in some capacity. So I'm all for. I mean, it seems like in her position, they did. She did do a good job of letting us know, like. She didn't necessarily need the extra money. Now, there are some instances where you suck it up for a little bit because you have to. But she didn't have to. And so she was already older in the space where probably in the next 10 years she can be retiring. Mm -hmm. So why is she putting more stress on herself? Like she said, and then potentially missing out on things that she can never get back. Grandchildren time, time with her aunt, time with her sister, Time to see the world where those are the things you wait for all those years because you're stuck working. So I totally agree with the decision she made. It made sense in her space. Um, You know, sometimes it doesn't always work out that way and you have to do something you don't want to do for a little bit. But the goal is to do that for a little bit to work towards being able to get in a space where you can be happy and what you're doing. I mean, I don't know what the salary difference was. It's levels. Right. (laughs) Right. She may have to just suck it up. (laughs) But it doesn't sound like it was so much more. It just sounded like it was like more and yeah. who doesn't want but more yeah. money. But at what expense? Yeah. Like she didn't want to think about doing this job for like the next year. Like she was getting down. But no, I think there is real conversations, especially in our culture. Like, yeah, we say chase a bag, but there's like an exhaustion of fatigue that comes with that. And, mm-hmm. it, and like, what's the expense? It's like, yeah, I got this money, but I look around and I'm not living my life. And so I think to Miles's point, like my dad died early. We keep assuming we have all this time on the planet 
And then what happens when all I did was work and my life was shorter than what I thought Mm -hmm. or I didn't get to spend it. So I think that's a really interesting conversation that pops up. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but I refuse to be the person that dies right before retirement or as soon as you retire, you only got like one year because you're so burnt out. And those are real things. Get you a job that don't stress you about taking PTO. I don't need to tell you why I'm taking PTO. This is what I'm saying. If it's It's available, then I'm taking it. Reclaiming my time. Thank you. So don't have a position where your coworkers look at you sideways because you want to take a two-week trip. If you have the PTO and you have the coverage, take your PTO. That's what I'm saying. Don't let these people stress you. You already only get 10 to 14 days a year. A whole year. You get 10. Thank you. It's 52 weeks. So take your PTO. Take your sick time as needed. Let's talk about how many Americans leave annually with time. So much time. So much time. I know teachers. How much time? I know teachers that could not work for an entire school year. Because they just don't take off. And then what? Because most jobs are no longer paying you for it. Now, if you get a check on the back end, cool. But most jobs are not paying you. It's just time loss. Just so you can say you was what a good employee. For what? Because when you get sick and you down and out, they're going to call the sub. Yep. They're going to call the person who's been looking to get your job the whole time anyway. Pretty much. They're going to put your job back on the posting for HR. Don't break your back for these people. At all. The system is not set when up with When you come to work, do your job. You know what I mean? If you're there, you should do it to the best of your ability for your personal integrity. But don't overextend yourself. Yeah. No, that's that's the whole word about self-care, self-care. It's so Thank important you. that we put work in its proper perspective. What are you working for? Like, you have to be able to enjoy some things. There have to be things, you know, that you enjoy in this life. And working all day to make somebody else rich at your personal health expense. Because half the time when you actually get sick a lot, there's so much sickness related to stress. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to my mom about this. She's in insurance. And you don't realize, like... Stress is like the number one factor in most physical ailments. It weakens your immune system, all those things. So that's a whole situation, but we could go on and on. But if you've got nothing, take your time. It's your time. You've earned it. How's somebody going to make you feel bad for your contractual time? Not today. Rebuke that. Today. Okay. Don't stress me. Okay. I'm going to take my PTO. (laughs) So going back to Malcolm and Vivian. So they're writing these cards, these postcards. It's super fun. There's anticipation. Everybody's like getting a mail and tootsie rolling. All of a sudden, Vivian's like, look, I just got to talk straight. You know, I think I'm in love with you, baby. <laughs> Pour all the ice water on Malcolm. He freezes all the way up. Okay. Because Malcolm, you're 55. This is what I'm why saying. I'm saying this is why you've gotten divorced, Malcolm, Thank because you. you don't know how to express emotions. Let's discuss right. a deeper issue. So Malcolm like freezes like, why was she complicated with emotions? What? <laughs> Malcolm freezes up, doesn't write back, doesn't call back. At this point, Vivian's like, I know my phone gonna ring. I know my mm. phone gonna ring. Because mind you, he had just sent her a TR the week before, like congratulations on like, you know, making the job decision. Like, you know, that's, that's a lot of intention. Yeah. Baby, it takes miles to come over there. Because mind you, at this point, it's been two to three weeks. You've said nothing. So she's trying to rationalize in her head. Why not? She's super emotional. Like, I don't have hope. Whatever. Miles comes over, finds a postcard. This lady has declared her love. He's super ecstatic. Malcolm is like, well, why are you looking at my stuff? Miles is like, but why you ain't say nothing back? Like, 
what are you afraid of your emotions? So at this point, Miles is just skinning yeah, and grinning. Yeah, to be gathered. Because he's Gather like, oh, uncle. not you trying to get me together, uncle, and you mm-hmm. can't do something as simple as emotions. Gather. So pretty much Miles gathers his uncle, and we look up. Um, Vivian is walking to her house. She see a man on her stoop. So now she's in full protector mode, like cussing in her head, like, I ain't got time for this. Y'all I'm going to call the landlord. Okay, episode. Which one? Stoop kids afraid to leave a stoop. Okay. Have you never seen that one? I mean, probably when it first came out oh in the nineties. Oh, really like okay. Have you recently seen that? Why no, is that Brad, fresh? It lives. <laughs> there's a bank. It lives okay. there. Well, there's a listener out there that's <laughs> resonating with you right now. Yes, Stoop Kid. Okay. Stoop Kid had agoraphobia. Now that we have a word to that, it was very sad. And he needed therapy. <laughs> did he ever get out the stairs? He did. Yes, he did. How did they get him out the stoop? I, you know, Arnold <laughs> had that like way with people. Arnold should have been a therapist. Yeah, Ar- Arnold was the first social worker. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm not. So it's Malcolm. He comes there with his little overnight bed, looking real nervous because he don't know if she gonna cuss mm. him. And he declares his love and you know and just apologizes and saying he's bad with emotions and she's helped him and she wasn't there and he know what to do and miles is the one who got him together but the only reason he was talking to miles was because of her la 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 they're in love yay and so they figure it out essentially miles actually takes a different consulting job and so he'll be working out of the bay area and london we already know from previous conversation that he makes way more bag with consulting, but it's of course good perks working for the queen. Mm-hmm. But why is the pay not that good, ma'am? Maybe because it's like state work. That's what I was thinking. Like is it's it? government work, yeah. but it's technically not part. Is it parliament? I don't know. The British government is very strange. So you have like the monarchies there by face. Yeah. They have some power, but not real power. I don't know. I you have the parliament that, that does like, okay, everything. It's government work, just like here. If you work for the government, there's like. Tears like you can't go and be like negotiating your salary. There's well, let's talk about how restricted his life must be. Can we talk about the level of security clearance his life must be to work for her? Or maybe yeah. they don't be as serious as we do over here. No, they probably are. Mm. You know, that but is a he lot makes for more money as an independent contractor. So yeah, so I think, and I was talking to Brand about this. One of my favorite parts is that Malcolm switches his job for her. I love the fact that it wasn't like your job doesn't mean much as a social worker. You're not getting paid that much. Come and get this yeah. bag with me. Move to London. So he finds a space um, that allows him to be flexible and allows her to still do what she loves and to be with her family. And I love that. So we kind of end with them putting the Christmas tree up and it's too tall for her. And Malcolm helps her reach oh, and <laughs> let them have a little holiday. <laughs> Let, get into this Hallmark. Holiday. I haven't okay. watched one Hallmark movie this Who are season. you? Okay, did you watch Lifetime? I don't watch one kind of movie. Okay, you don't watch Kelly Rowland? I said I was going to watch it, but I see this is the third one. and I need You didn't watch Motown? No. Oh, my but God. I watch Netflix holiday movies. Okay, well, I need to watch the Kurt Franklin one. No. And Nick Which Cannon. One? Is Kurt Franklin on Nick Cannon movie? Them two different I movies. I haven't seen that. I haven't okay. even heard of that. You got one job. I, I don't really like them lovey ones. I like funny Christmas movies. I do a blend. Did you watch Friday at the Next? Yeah, we usually okay. We did that. Okay, I, we tried to watch Lethal Weapon last night. Oh, that's good. We did that last year. It's like a thing. First of it all, it is. started off weird. I was like, this isn't funny. It's not supposed to be funny. It's an action movie. Okay, I thought it was like a comedy action. <laughs> okay, no, there's no comedy. It's like real action. This is what I'm saying. A girl commits suicide in the first scene. 
mind you, my daughter's with me. I was like, oh, it's a lot. Wait, she's what also the weapon did you watch? The first one, she jumps off this balcony after doing cocaine. I don't remember that. The white girl, and she jumps in. And, and this the, the office truck. Christmas party? Um, You ain't watched the first one. I did. It was the first one. Was it an office Christmas party with it the was Asian in company? Christmas. Yes, it was in Christmas because it started off with a Christmas song. Okay, I don't remember that. How do you not remember the suicide? I don't remember that. Mm. I just remember him being, he was in the limo with the black driver. Are you just shouting out random scenes? This is like the main, a major scene. I don't scene. know. <laughs> okay, we ain't watch the same thing. <laughs> Nonetheless, let's get into the next episode because. Yeah, yeah so Jasmine Gilmore. Gilroy? Gilroy. I give it three it and a half out of five. I think it's Gillery. Gillery. Gillery, Gullery. Okay, so you went exactly with Goodreads. No, oh, what did I give it? Three I thought and a half out of five. five. Okay. Um, just because it's cute, but it just is it's it was very lifetime movie, very predictable, very so it wasn't like great, but it's cute. I would say read it for Christmas. It's a cute read. Yeah, I think okay, so if we're going holiday romance, definitely a four. If it's just like a life book, three and a half. But I think for the genre, it's a solid four. I give her that. Yeah, it's appreciate okay. you, Jasmine. Yeah. I might try another book by it. you later it was on. Cute, but you don't want to be in love. You don't want to be in love. She also just played trap really music cool. at her wedding. Because it was a thug occasion. Okay. The joining of two thugs. <laughs> and holy matrimony. Okay. Nope. It's going to go downhill. <laughs> All right. So our next episode in 2022, um, we are reading, of course, My Sister Pixies. My Sister, the Serial Killer. It had great reviews. Um, Oin- it's based off a Nigerian family. Oinikin Brathway. I know how to say Brathway. Um, Oinikin. O y i n k a n. Not great. Guys, I apologize. Really it's, it's not my fault. It's, it's America's fault. Um, so she is a Nigerian British novelist. So we mm-hmm. have a little British ties. We're still slight weight across the pond as well. Um, even oh, though Sister oh Jasmine God, is an American, well, I probably will The accent. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been listening to a woman spew British language for the last few oh, hours. Oh God, Brittany, please. <laughs> Everybody's pissed. Anyway, so basically, are you going to read a synopsis? So you I am. Give a ghetto summary? So when Corey's dinner is interrupted one night by a distress call from her sister, Ayola, she knows what's expected of her. Bleach, rubber gloves, nerves of steel, and a strong stomach. This will be the third boyfriend Ayola is dispatched in. Quote, self-defense and the third mess that her lethal little sibling has left Corey to clear away. She would probably go to the police for the good of the menfolk of Nigeria, but she loves her sister, and as they say, family always comes first. Until that is, Ayola starts dating the doctor, or Corey works as a nurse. Corey's long been in love with him and isn't prepared to see him wind up with a knife in his back. But to say one would mean sacrificing the other. This is a blackly comic novel about how blood is thicker and more difficult to get out of the carpet than water. So apparently it's kind of funny. I'm excited. But you also used to watch um, Dexter. Yeah. So I think you just want to rem- reminisce Dexter in a very black <laughs> way. Well, this is interesting. I've never really seen. It's definitely um, interesting. I'm slightly petrified. But I mean, I, I enjoyed our mystery, A Glimmer of Death. But yeah. I think this is going to be way darker and more sadistic. Mm, we'll see. Hopefully yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Um, let me give you our sips, our bubbles. So our bubbles, we are going back to Dwayne Wade. So we're doing three by ways to Shannon Blanc. 
which is a white wine. So we're back. We're back to you, Mr. Way. Yes. So have a very Merry Christmas and, and a, a Happy, happy new, new Year. A Happy New, new year. year. I hope that you guys have a great Kwanzaa or Christmas or both. Whatever that you celebrate. Order. Yes. And I hope that you're all here for the new year, 2022, and to listen to our next episode. So, yes, we're definitely going to do a mini-sode after this. It's going to be a little recap. It's going to give you a little touch of everything we did this year. Touch. So, make sure you hit do, do, do. Yep. Uh, make sure you check that out. So, is that it? Are we signing off? Yes. So, we're Good signing off. What a great fabulous Our year novel. thank you all for participating let us know how you feel about opp yeah you know me um and let us know how you felt about royal holiday Leave some comments. Interact with us on our... Oh, y'all. How did I forget to plug our social media and stuff? Plug it. I hate doing it at the end because all y'all don't be going through how y'all should. But for those who are still here, thank you. Please follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Both of those handles will be in the description box. And we are still partnering with Drizzly. Drizzly is an online service that delivers liquor, beer, and wine to your home. Yes. Um, depending on your area, you can get it in an hour or less. Or sometimes they can do like advanced pick, like advanced drop off, so you can set it up to be dropped off like the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Drizzly, we are still partnering, and the description um, or the link is going to be in the description box. Um, if you are a first time user, you will get money off. So use our link. Do that. Um, sign up. And get your beer and wine and liquor delivered for the holidays so you don't have to go to the store. And Books and Bubbles always encourages you to drink safely. Yes. 21 and up, please. That's it. All right. So it's been fabulous. Have a great holiday. And we will see y'all in the new year.